War Party U is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah or its athletic programs. The views and opinions expressed on the War Party U weekly podcast are those of War Party U and War Party U alone. Go Utes! What is shaking, Ute Nation? Welcome into War Party U Weekly Podcast. I'm Matty Aces, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin, Ryan Boyce. Quite the weekend of Utes football. Utes go into Seattle and come home with a big W, 33-28, in a game that I think this may be my favorite win of the season so far. Um, and we'll get into that today just because of the adversity the team looked at, um, you know, dug themselves a, an early hole, had to fight from behind, and, uh, you know, the kicking game was on point, came through for us when we needed it. Tyler Huntley proves that he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to come through the University of Utah. Field general, my ass. He is the whole package, baby. He's not just a game manager. He's not a quarterback. He is the man up goes Snoop in the pantheon of Utah athletics. Zach Moss doing his thing. Another 100-yard game. More school records falling by the wayside to one Zach Moss. And now the boys have a week off to heal up and rest. And we've got to figure out how to fill content, which is always fun. we got some fun stuff planned over the next couple of weeks before the Utes are back at it on the 16th against UCLA. So pour yourself a nice cold beverage. Grab your favorite snack. Go raid your kid's Halloween stash. It's time for War Party U. Hold on to your butts. Hey, thanks for listening. It's War Party U. I'm Matty Aces, of course. Michelle Bodkin, Ryan Boyce, never far from my heart as we record this thing week in week out but let's talk a little bit about last weekend Uh, I know uh, Michelle got to be uh, front and center present for the big win in Seattle Uh, Utes coming away 33 to 28 over Washington Uh, real kind of a gut gut check game and honestly I think one of my favorite probably my favorite win of the season so far and I'll talk about that in a minute but uh, what a great day beautiful weather here in the greater Salt Lake City area uh, my girl and I headed out to Gardner Village and uh, attended the uh, Utah Sports Collective Watch Party, uh, joined by throngs of crazy, insane Ute fans, uh, some of the Spirit Squad, DJ Fireball, Albert Gamboa, throwing down tunes, 
and uh, always, always right on time with Utah Man or the Drumline or man, it's uh, it's it, he he really does a fantastic job of uh, creating a great game day experience uh, at watch parties, whether they're at his amazing man cave or uh, elsewhere. So Albert, props to you, my brother. Man, you always bring it. You always make it a great time. You always make it a party. Uh, one of the most welcoming, warm, and caring individuals I've ever had the pleasure to meet. So um, we got, you know, we, we, we got there, started filing in. Uh, Dallin did it up once again, had some fantastic prizes to win. Supremely jealous of the white helmet with the Ute Proud uh, Block U logo signed by the entire team with a badass black face shield with the Block Utah in red letters. Uh, a signed football. There was some Bluetooth action, some 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 gear, flags. I didn't win. I did win. I did win. I did win. Uh, they had a, a, a drawing for everybody who had purchased their tickets online, and my girl and I both won a very sharp red Utes baseball cap, classic Drum and Feather logo. Oh, always excited to add gear to my game day attire repertoire. And when it's the Drum and Feather, even better. So they had the taco bar spread out, man. They had the you know cash bar going, so the the drinks were flowing, the food was there, and uh, with the exception of a few minutes, uh, you know, toward uh, in, in the second half where we lost video connection uh, on the big screen, um, it couldn't have gone off better. I they they went through all of the food. They had to bring out more food. We were hungry. We were thirsty. We came and we had a great time. Uh, so Dallin Albertson, uh, his wife Erin, you, you, you two put on a fantastic party. Thank you. I can't wait to go in again next year. Uh, my hat is off to you, and it's the hat that I won from you, so it makes it even sweeter, doesn't it? Mm. What a nice, pleasant thought. But the game, man, ugh. Butts were puckered at the beginning, man. Uh, you know, we Utes... Uh, Gave, you know, three and out on their first drive, and then Washington comes down and scores. Utes are able to get back uh, with a field goal, and, uh, and but then you know Washington goes right back up 14 to three. But man, the Utes were just not giving up, and they kept fighting. And you know Washington has uh, put up great numbers, uh, you know, in, in in the first quarter, and their scoring was was consistent throughout the game. They, Washington scored a touchdown in in each quarter. Um, you know, Utes were a little slow to get off the Schneid, but man, once things uh, once th- things started, uh, you know, started kicking, then uh, then man, you know, it, it, they they got in sync and they took care of things. They made the right adjustments. Uh, had to make a few moves around on the O line, um, you know, due to some some people getting nicked up and banged up and trying to rotate out. But they found the right groove, and and man, you know, once they started clicking, it was lights out. Uh, Got to give props to Jaden Redding, two for two from for, on his field goals, three for three extra points, perfect on the day. And uh, you know when you're when your kicker's two for two from field goal range on a day where you win by five points, and yes, Utah by five, baby. You know you got you got to put a, it's got to put a smile on your face, and you know it's it's not the 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 special teams game that we're accustomed to here at Utah, but it was all we needed. All we needed on on this particular day, so yeah. It, but it was so, you know it's such a good time, and then you know it, you know second half, you know Utes closed to within a point, fourteen thirteen at halftime, uh, but then you know couldn't quite 
um, you know, it, 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 it still felt like it was, it, it was trying to, you know, we were trying to, to, it, it, trying to find that groove, you know, we, after being 14, three, 14, 10, 14, 13, um, Eason hits, uh, Bryant on a, on a 40-yard strike, and Washington's up 21-13. Um, and then uh, on a couple of different possessions back-to-back, uh, Utah looks like the offense is kind of finding their groove, and then uh, fumble, and a fumble. Two fumbles, lost two fumbles right in, 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 in sequentially, and man, it was, it really, it, you kind of, you had that feeling of, oh, not again, not again, but... Coming right back at it, Jalen Johnson takes takes an interception, 39 yards to the house. And uh, even though the the, the two point conversion failed, and you, we were still down by two points at that point, you really you you, you felt you, you felt a little bit of, of something there. Um, I would have liked to see a goal line camera, please. I know J Dart has put together a, a GoFundMe to try to get the Pac-12 some goal line cameras so that they can ac- accurately review goal line plays because it really looked like the, the the plane had been broken on the two-point conversion, but it did not stand. Um, then fourth quarter, it was all Utes. Uh, you know, Huntley ran it in, Moss ran it in. Um, you know, Washington did make it in- interesting with, a, with about a minute left, uh, putting it through, but the uh, onside kick failed, and uh, the Utes came out uh, on top. And I'll tell you what, it was so tremendously satisfying to see how the Utes not only faced adversity on the road against a team that has traditionally had our number, uh, but, you know, all of the different stupid streaks that you see leading up to game week. Chris Peterson, Peterson is uh, 18-0 and 0 coming out of a bye week. And Chris Peterson is 9-1 and 1 after a loss. And Chris Peterson is, is only lost once against Kyle Whittingham. And, all, you, know, you know, just at one after the other after the other. But guess what? Streaks are made to be broken. And, boy, break did they. Tyler Huntley once again just showing that he is beyond a game manager this dude is a d1 quarterback and you know is he gonna play on Sundays I'd like to see him get a shot I think he's got the skill set to do it and he's definitely got the toughness and drive and determination to do it um, and man he is going down as one of the greatest great all-time youth quarterbacks he was 19 for 24 for 284 yards and a touchdown on the day um, and he's hobbled you know he's not uh, he, 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 he's not a hundred percent. Hopefully, you know, the, the, all indications are that this bye week, uh, once they take the field again on November 16th against UCLA, Tyler should be at 100% and look out, look out. We'll talk about that here, you know, in the, uh, later on. And, and also, you know, next week, as I have mentioned, we need to save some content for next week. I've got some things coming up next week, though, that are kind of exciting. They're going to be fun. Um, on the ground, Zach Moss, you know, ho-hum, 100 yards, touchdown. He also caught uh, caught five passes, 40, 41 yards, and another touchdown. Uh, Tyler Huntley scored on the ground, and then, uh, um, and, and you know, it was just... It was something, man. It was a, it was a great time. It was a fantastic team effort. Uh, you know, getting a touchdown from the defense, uh, getting a touchdown through the air, couple on the ground. But he, but but uh, you know, but but Tyler's spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, 
yards-wise, Jalen Dixon was the top performer with 72 yards on two receptions, but Brian Thompson had a couple of catches. Zach Moss, Damari Simpkins, uh, Samson Nakua had one for 28 yards. Solomon Enos, two for 24, but man, anytime it's Enos time, you know it's crunch time, and you know that that is, he's got such amazing hands and such amazing presence, and, and, and it's just a lot. I... You know, I really, really want to see Enos get more get get more looks in this offense. You know, no block, no rock, and that kid blocks like crazy. If there's a if if you on a long run, on just about any damn scoring play for the Utes, if you look and you're paying attention, you're going to see number 21 blocking somebody to make it happen. So, um, but man, that is that that's the consummate you know team mentality right there. It is a family, and it's all in for you know, to to get that W. Uh, Derek Vickers, Brant Keithy, and Devin Brumfield all all had catches. Um, and, uh, you know, as previously mentioned, we coughed up the ball a couple of times. Um, and, uh, you know, both uh, uh, Derek Vickers and Jordan Wilmore had uh, had those, those crucial fumbles that really, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it was, that was definitely the turning point of the game. I mean, you know, and I'm not the first one to say that. I don't feel like I'm spreading any kind of, wow, that's some... Fantastic insight, Matt. No, it really isn't. I mean, it is, but it's not mine. Um, but that really was kind of the turning point of the game. Uh, you know, Washington had scored, and, it, and and then, you know, Utah gets the ball back, and on back-to-back possessions, fumbles the ball, gives it back to, to Washington, making the defense step back in, and the defense was up to the task. Um, and, uh, and when, uh, you know, when, when Johnson jumps that route, grabs that ball and goes to the house, man, it's like okay, yeah, no, let's let's let, let's get this let's, let's get this party started. Let's do this, and uh, you know, through the fourth quarter, it just felt like uh, you know Utah was just imposing uh, Im- imposing our will, uh, you know, down the stretch. Uh, so a great win, a fantastic win, uh, you know, eight and one into the bye week. The first college football playoff rankings come out, and we're solidly at number eight. In the only um, in the only poll that really counts, and you know, right behind Oregon, number seven. So you know what we've got to hope for, man. We need the Utes and Ducks to, to to lay wood to all three remaining opponents. Ducks are on a bye week this weekend as well. Um, and uh, off the top of my head, it's, I, it seems like the Ducks have uh, Arizona and uh, and. Arizona, somebody else, and uh, I can look it up. And uh, and they finished with Oregon State, of course, that Civil War. And that Civil War is a fun game. You know, growing up here in Salt Lake and, and being used to the Holy War, um, you know, you, you're used to growing up in a rivalry. And uh, the years I spent living on the Oregon coast around Duck and Beaver fans uh, allowed me the opportunity to kind of be right in the thick of the, of, of the Civil War for a couple of years. And that is one... That is one fun rivalry, and a uh, couple of fan bases that don't like each other a lot. Um, of course, you know it's it, it's been very very lopsided, um, you know, it, for a while. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, in uh, Arizona State. That's who it is. They've got to do the Arizona swing. So uh, Oregon finishes uh, at home against Arizona, at Arizona State, and at home against. The mighty beavers, and uh, it would be such a beave thing to do to, to to spoil things right at the end, because the Pac-12 needs two 11 and one 
uh, division champs meeting for that uh, for that title game. Um, Oregon's chances to go to the CFP are much better than Utah's right now, I think, um, just by virtue of their one loss being uh, uh, being Auburn uh, and Utah's loss being USC. But if both win out and both are 11 and one, uh, you know, it's there. There's a lot of things that have to happen, but you're going to have a, a tough time arguing that 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 a 12 and one uh, Pac-12 champ. Uh, with a win against another, a fellow top eight, seven, six uh, college football playoff ranked opponent in the in the in the conference title game, you got to give them some love. But but you know it, you just got to take care of what's in front of you, and uh, and that's what's and that that's what makes it so fun. That's what makes college football such a just such a just such a fun spectacle because every week counts. Every week counts. So. Um, you know, we're going to take a down week. We're going to uh, enjoy a little bit of, well, I'm not going to enjoy it that much. Uh, the team's going to enjoy a week off, uh, get some, get healed up, get ready for that stretch run. Because honestly, there is no reason in the world that Utah shouldn't finish 11-1 and now. Um, with the opponents left on our schedule, the way the team's been playing, and with the, you know, the relative lack of of, of, of injuries that Utah has had this year. That's so much part of having any kind of a special season is having the good fortune to not have the, those decimating injuries like we've seen from Cal this year, um, uh, for, you know, for example. Uh, but, you know, that's why we get out there. That's why we play the game. More War Party U coming at you. Don't go nowhere because we coming right back, baby. Welcome back in, War Party U. Well, let's take a look around the conference and see what went down last weekend, what about to go down this next weekend. Of course, what not about to go down this next weekend is a Utes game. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it or if I will mention it again throughout the course of this particular episode of War Party U, but I'm not a big fan of the bye week from a fan and podcasting standpoint. I hate Saturdays without Utah football. Um, That being said... What a perfect time for the Utes to heal up. Just got done with, an, with a great win in Seattle. Banged up. Need to heal up. Three more games for the stretch run. Win out. And we are in the conference championship game. Win that and we're at least smelling roses. Maybe more. I'm sure we'll get more into that as the weeks progress. As the picture becomes clearer. Um... I'm happy with roses, man. Anything beyond that is gravy. Well, last Saturday, in the game immediately following the Utah-Washington game and the, and the game that Ute fans had their eye on for hashtag our beloved Ducks, and they came through for us, and boy, did they come through. Number 7 Oregon getting the huge win over USC in the Coliseum, 56-24, to giving USC their second loss in conference and putting Utah squarely in the driver's seat for the South title. Win out, and it's Utah. Oregon State took it to Arizona. Wow, hey, go Beavs, right? Oregon State's only 3-2 and two in conference, 4-4 four and four overall, and the last time Oregon State was 500, halfway at this point of the season, two-thirds at the, the three-quarter mark, 
I couldn't tell you. I'm not a stats guy, and I'm not going to look it up. But it's probably a long time ago, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about 2008. They were ranked number 18 when they came into Rice Eccles Stadium, and uh, King Louie booted them away. Um, but uh, that, was, that was a number of years ago. So, uh, hey, good on you, Beavs. Josh, Somerset, Beth, the Wilson family, all of these people that really don't listen to the podcast, but they're my friends and they're my Beaver fans, so I will give you a shout nonetheless. And finally, UCLA getting over on the Colorado Buffaloes. Goodness gracious. Colorado may not win another game this season. I I don't even know what to tell you. Uh, It's... uh, you know, it's tough. It's a tough one, but they're not doing themselves any favors. So, you know, UCLA now gets very, very interesting because as, as things go now, UCLA can actually win the South by winning out because they still have Oregon are they, excuse me, they still have USC and Utah on the schedule. Beat USC, and that ha- that would hand, even if USC keep, kept winning the rest of the, aside from the USC, UCLA game, that would give uh, them a third conference loss. If UCLA beats Utah, that puts us both at two conference losses and UCLA with the head-to-head tiebreaker. So, the game on the 16th looms large. Looms large. Got to take down another one on the march to the conference title. This coming weekend, of course, I don't know. Did I mention that the Utes don't play? Eh, probably. Uh, Friday night, Pac-12 after dark. Washington goes in as 10-point favorites into the Big Potato Salad. Reezer Stadium in Corvallis to take on the Beebs. Um, honestly... Wow, what a chance for Oregon State to make some noise. Um, I, do, I do not want to even imagine the meltdown in Seattle if Washington drops a third straight game, especially losing to Oregon State. Um, but we shall see. The dogs are favored by 10. Uh, of course, the dogs were favored against the Utes, and we saw how that worked out for them. Then on Saturday, Stanford pays a visit to our friends in Colorado. Man. I mean, I would expect Stanford to win. Uh, pretty even line. Stanford's favored by three points. So we'll see how that goes for them. UCLA goes to Arizona State. And another Pac-12 South showdown. Um, USC needs to need, needs needs to keep on winning uh, if they want to have a shot at the, at the division title. Um, and they need Utah to stumble now. Uh, but, uh, you know, Arizona State favored by a point and a half, so it's pretty much a pick em. I'm looking forward to seeing that game, man. Of course, man, afternoon afternoon games in the desert, beautiful, beautiful time of year down there. And, uh, you know, I, 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 the, the Phoenix area does have a lot of outstanding characteristics. I don't really have anything nice to say about Tucson, but Tucson is not Tempe. Finally, Washington State and Cal in the I don't really give a shit game. Um, you know, Cal is struggling. They don't have the offense to do it. Hopefully, 
you know, the bye week did them a little bit of good. Washington State looked like they were going to be something at the beginning of the, both of these teams, really, at the beginning of the year. You know, they, there was talk about them challenging for a North title, and boy, both of them one and four in conference. Washington State's favored by seven and a half, so we'll just have to see how that all goes. Uh, but, you know, it's a week to sit down and, and kind of watch things watch things percolate. UCLA is on a bye uh, this week, um, as is Arizona, as is Utah. And, uh, you know, it's, so you're, a lot of the South is, is off this week. Um, you know, so UCLA can't gain any ground. Utah can't, uh, can't, can't distance themselves anymore. Uh, a couple of teams... On a bye week, ready to mix it up on the 16th at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, we've got the, the kickoff. is a 6 o'clock kickoff for Utah-UCLA. Beautiful time of day to kick off. Going to be just get, just get, just will have got, will have just gotten dark, but it's not too late. We'll have all day to tailgate. And word on the street is a pig buzz doing a whole hog. So you know I'm going to be up at the tailgate lot way earlier than I should be. And uh, no matter what time I tell myself I'm going to wait to start imbibing, I will start imbibing at least four to six hours prior to that. Once I get on the lot, take it to the bank. So that's where we're looking. Hey, why don't we do a little bit more War Party You? We'll, uh, you know, play a little song or do a little dance. And we'll be back. Don't go nowhere. Welcome in to War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin, and I am hanging out with my friends Matt and Ryan, and we are talking all things Utah Utes football bye week, because they don't play this week, which is kind of a, it's a bummer for fans and, and sports junkies like me that love covering games, uh, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's a nice, it's a great break for them. They get it, they, or they need it. They deserve it. No question about it. And I mean, even even from like my perspective, like it sucks not having quite the access and, and not having that game to look forward to, to watching and breaking down and analyzing and all that good stuff. But on the other hand, it, it gives me time to maybe pay a little more attention as to what's going on around the Pac-12. And, and I think that's always without, without having like the heart palpitations, uh, worrying about, you know, how the team that I cover is going to end up doing this particular week. And they're, they're going to walk out of this week undefeated, guaranteed. <laughs> they're, they're not losing this week, but it, it definitely makes things quieter and and so you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know some kind of fun things interesting things uh the first thing that the guys wanted me to kind of retouch on was the news that broke last week uh from the ncaa that they are going to start paying players uh i in a, in a couple of years. It, 
it it won't be effective for a little while but but they're looking into it it's looking very likely that this is going to be a thing that passes uh and you know i don't i don't know how much more i have to say on the topic from last week other than i really do believe it's going to be a wait and see situation much like uh, the the early signing period and and the transfer portal changes that took place, I believe last year, time time's kind of flying in a in a weird way, and I'm losing a little bit of track as to when that happened. I'm pretty sure that was last year, so I'm pretty sure that we're kind of going into our second year of this, and it you know, as we've let that situation play out. There, there's been some loopholes that have been discovered and, you know, ways, ways that people are kind of cheating the system and they're going to clamp down on it. But it's, it's one of those things that sometimes it's hard to see the, con- the full consequences of something until you actually just let it play out. And I think this paying the players or paying, paying the athletes is going to play out very much the same way. Uh, and you know, there's people talking about several different scenarios that could come of this. And I think most of them are positive. I, I'm sure there will be some negative things that again, kind of come out as, as things go along, move along as, as we kind of see what exactly this will ultimately end up being. Uh, but if, if you talk to someone like my esteemed colleague, James Durant, who is very heavy into following the NCAA and, you know, all the rules and regulations that they put into place. And God, he can, he's amazing. If, if you've never talked to him, he, he can like pull up oh, some obscure rule that the NCAA has. Like, I mean, by like the, the number and every, it's like the craziest, craziest thing. And he can do it for referee rules too. Just absolutely amazing. He is a wealth of knowledge and so fun to talk to. But he was telling me that, you know, some, some of his colleagues feel like, he and some of his colleagues feel like this could be very positive for some of the non-revenue sports. And the primary example that he gave is in, in regards to a school like the University of Utah that has a very prominent, proud, nationally recognized gymnastics team. Those girls could potentially really benefit from being able to make a little money off of their likeness. Uh, you know, at when, and and gymnastics is kind of it's an interesting sport. It's it's a little bit of a fringe sport. I kind of feel like it has more of a cult following rather than you know kind of being the household. You know, it's it's on the coffee table and and you see it all the time and whatnot. It it has a very very strong and loyal following, but it's a lot more like underground they're underground sports fans and and the, but they're loud and proud in salt lake but i think kind of across the nation you know it it's a it's a lot more fringe is is probably how i would put that and but these fans they know anybody and everybody that's a big deal 
as far as far as names and stats and how they performed you know in in like the junior olympic level and and all these various different places that that these girls kind of come up from like they get followed from the time that they are little little and the ones that are really really good they are very well known girls like a Michaela Skinner girls if we're looking at like UC staying in the Pac-12 but looking looking at a different school UCLA um girls like a Kyla Ross or uh Caitlin Ohashi like these girls get followed uh I mean forever and it's I I'm making it sound I mean it is kind of creepy but I'm making it sound creepier than it is but it, it could be huge for those girls to be able to make a little change off of their likeness that could be a huge benefit uh and and especially to some of these schools and we'll just go back to Utah because we don't really care about anything else. Just kidding. We do, but, but, but we don't. For the purpose of this podcast, we don't. Uh, you know, the University of Utah has never been ranked anything lower than 10 in the nation in gymnastics. And really, more often than not, it's nothing lower than number six in the nation in gymnastics. And this is for over 40 years. This has been the case. So, you know, for, for a team that has that kind of tradition, that, that kind of national awareness could be huge as far as making sure that they get inland some of the best recruits. And there's other schools out there as well that, that would greatly benefit from it as well. You know, Oklahoma is a powerhouse. UCLA tends to be a powerhouse. Uh, Florida sometimes... Alabama, some of those SEC schools also tend to have very, very good gymnastics programs. Georgia, I would be remiss if I did not say Georgia. Georgia is a bit of of a rival of Utah's, more so than BYU in gymnastics anyway. But, uh, you know, that, that could be a very positive development for those girls. But then again, on the other hand, you know, you have people that are concerned that only only athletes and again we'll stick with Utah that say are the caliber of a Zach Moss that are very nationally well known uh, are very obviously and clearly going to play in the NFL there's no doubt about it uh, we, we could also make an argument Jalen Johnson is is that kind of dude everybody knows he's going to the NFL everybody knows he is a high caliber athlete only those people will really make any kind of money off of it. And, you know, I, I think that may be true as well. What, what kind of positive or negative effect that may or may not have, I, I don't know. And that's something that, you know, we're going to have to stay tuned and, and just kind of see how it all plays out. But kind of to reemphasize and close this up from last week, I, I think that, this is huge for the athletes. And again, it just, it goes back to the scholarships are not covering their cost of living. And with what they do between school and the amount of work that they put in with their respective sport, it is very, very hard for them to have a job 
outside as well to try to just try and make those ends meet. So I I think you know I think it's fair. I think it's fair that the university rakes in lots of money off of off of these athletes and off of their hard work and to get a little bit of that back just to kind of help make sure that they have money to just live life, live life when they have, you know, an opportunity to, or, you know, to put it away for a rainy day. I don't think that's a terrible thing. It's going to have to be regulated. There's going to be tweaks that are made because again, there will be loopholes that are found, but overall, I think, I think as much as I am wait and see, I think this will end up being a very positive thing going forward. Uh, We got to take a break now. And I will be back talking about my, my, I guess, reason for fandom, what got me kind of hooked into doing this. And, and later, uh, I'm going to talk about something that's kind of been on my mind that really, really, really bothers me. So you guys are listening to War Party You, and we will be back in a bit. bye weeks are always tough because you know we don't really have a, a an upcoming game to talk about we do but we really don't want to talk about it too much this week because then what the hell would we talk about next week when we don't have a, a, a game to review and talk about so you got to walk the fine line. But this week, you know, I was thinking about it and and I was interested and curious about, you know, and, and this is, you know, obviously something that as a listener, you think about it and and uh, and if you feel like you want to, you know, you want to weigh in, if you've got a, a fan story that you'd love to share with me, um, feel free. Hit me up on Twitter at, at Maddie Bumbo. Find me uh, at War Party U. Um, I'm all over Instagram as well. Uh, I'm on Facebook, but, uh, you know, old people use Facebook, right? So, uh, you know, if you've got something, let's, let, let's have you record on your voice recorder and email it to me. We'll hook it up. I'd love to share fan stories. Uh, but it got me thinking about, you know, that one person throughout your life that you can really trace back your fandom to. Um, you know, whether that was a, a friend or uh, a player on a team or a coach that, that really caught, you know, caught your interest, um, you know, a, a family member, you know, what is, what, whoever it was uh, that, that, uh, that, that really kind of you can trace your fandom back to. For me, for me, it's my dad. Um, I was raised a Utes fan since birth. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, for a couple of, for a few years, um, you know, my, my family lived in, in, in Southern California. And I remember, you know, just for any scrap of anything, not even necessarily Utes related, but home related, my dad listening in, in, to the squelching and trying to get 1160 KSL on the AM radio all the way in Southern California. And there would be nights where it would come in really nice and crisp. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, through it all, through it all, uh, I was raised to be a Utah man, um, you know, going to games as a kid with my dad, listening to games on the radio with him, um, you know, and, and it was just that, that, that's where mine came from. So, uh, you know, we're going to, we'll take a few minutes and, and, and talk about that. Um, and, and, and again, 
you feel free to hit me up on the social media platforms if you've got a story you'd like to tell or share. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to share them here on the show because that's what this show is all about, is sharing that fan experience and tracing back that one person that made you a fan, I think is just is really fascinating. So let's talk about that for a minute. We are back in on War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin, and I am hanging out with Matt and Ryan, as always, breaking down everything even remotely related to Utah football. So this next segment, uh, you know, Matt kind of thought it would be fun for all of us to talk about how, how we got involved in sports. Uh, with Utah, with Utah football, how how that kind of started. What what was that key moment, or that key person, or that key play that really cemented a love for for what we're currently doing? Uh, and for me, and I think I've I've told the story a few times, uh, but growing up, always always was on the Utah side of things uh sorry sorry my BYU friends you were never an option (laughs) growing up in Salt Lake uh and so I mean kind of kind of grew up watching the games but when when you're a kid like you don't necessarily care or understand what's going on that much uh and that's that's kind of the way I was like I remember you know, growing up and watching NFL games and, and Utah games. And honestly, like really for the most part, I couldn't tell you what games I, I, I was watching, who I saw playing, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think part of it too, I think it's a little different when it comes to football with boys versus girls. And it's just because playing playing is much more of an option it's changing it's changing from when I was a kid like it really was pretty unheard of you know to have girls playing and involved in tackle football and you know I wanted to I wanted I wanted to be Becky O'Shea so badly from the little giants when I was growing up when I was about six years old uh, but my dad kind of put the the nicks on that because he played football and he's like uh, you're not even though you're bigger than most of the boys at this point, like I, I, I don't want you to do that. So I ended up getting steered into soccer, which I loved and I was really good at. But, but little boys, you know, they they grow up and and there is this kind of thought process. If if you grow up a football fan, that at some point you're probably going to you know play little league football. You know, maybe that grows into high school football maybe that grows into college and if you're really really lucky maybe you too get get to experience an NFL career it like I said it's a little different for girls and so you know to to sit there and pick out like a hero you know from from the 90s and and the early thousands when I was growing up like I I can't do that I I really have no no real remembering 
of things that happened until that 2004 season when I was in ninth grade. And even then, like looking back on it, I honestly had no clue really what any of it meant. I knew Utah had gone undefeated. I know that they were knew that they were going to this big fancy bowl game. Uh, but that that was about the extent of it. I knew Alex Smith was a big deal. And, and like anything really kind of outside of that, I I I didn't have that big of an idea as to what was going on and what was taking place and and the changes that were happening and how historical and significant that season was really until I got to college, which is crazy, but but it is what it is. And so so one of my earliest memories of Utah football again was that 04 season and uh they they of course were playing in the Fiesta Bowl and uh my my uncle and my cousins went and I remember being really mad because I wanted to go even though like I said I, I wasn't fully grasping the significance of it and my parents put the Knicks on that and and honestly I kind of put the Knicks on that too because I had this thing I was a very very good student in school very good student from kindergarten until I graduated high school I only missed one day of school ever and and you know, I, I made it a point of telling my parents that we couldn't go on vacation during school time and stuff. So, so I would have put the Knicks on it anyway, because I wouldn't miss school. But so sitting at home watching, watching this bowl game and, uh, it, it it gets to halftime and it's, it's clear, it's clear Utah is so much better than Pitt. And, that they they were gonna win that game by by halftime, and so I, you know, being the mouthy fifteen year old that that I was, and and I think both of my parents will attest, I I I, I get some sass from both of them. We're all very kind of for the most part quiet people, but but there's definitely a sassy streak that comes out, and I very much inherited that from both of them and while it's annoying to them at times I think they're also kind of a little proud of it as well but so I I remember looking over at my mom and going this game is bullshit and I'm gonna go do my homework and I never finished the second half and I remember my mom doing a well you know they they could make a comeback I'm like there's no way there's no way these clowns are coming back like Utah has absolutely seal club them they're done this game is over at halftime I'm going and writing my paper for Mr. Gill's class and and I did so I have never seen the end of that fiesta bowl Fast forward to my freshman year of college, and Utah goes on to do very much the same thing. And this time, this time I'm a lot more aware because I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm around these people all the time, even though I wouldn't talk to them. 
and and I've told this story a lot too like my my thing through college it's so funny I know more of the younger guys that came after me than I know the guys that were actually on the teams when I was in school and I am just barely starting to get to know and build relationships with those guys now that we're out of school uh, and it, and I had a lot of classes with them. They they were in a lot of my classes. I would see them around all the time. But at this time, incredibly shy, incredibly shy, incredibly quiet, and you know, kind kind of that attitude of I. Why would these guys even want to talk talk to me? I'm not that interesting you know, what I have to say, isn't that interesting? And then on top of that, being the quiet, shy type, you tend to be much more of an observer as well. And so these guys had plenty of girls hanging around them. And I never, ever, ever, ever once wanted to to be mistaken for that. Uh, And And my whole reasoning was, you know what? I'm a fan of the whole team. I'm not a fan of individuals. And so we'll, we'll just kind of leave it at that unless, unless we get paired together for a project or, or they decide for some strange reason they want to talk to me. Like I, I just have no reason to sit there and talk to them. And, and the thing about it this time too, no thought of being a sports reporter, none, none whatsoever. I had my grocery store job where I would give foot, football breakdowns um, to, to some loyal followers that would come into this grocery store that I worked at. And and I think they thought it was the funniest thing ever listening, listening to this little girl (laughs) break, break down all these football games. And it wasn't just Utah games. I could do it for BYU. I could do it for Utah state. Like I watched it all so closely at that time. (laughs) And, and you know, there, there was like this contingent of probably five, five guys for the most part. There were, there were a couple of women that came in as well, uh, but mostly guys that like, like clockwork every weekend they were in. Uh, that, that was about as close as I ever thought I would get to doing what I'm currently doing now. My goal was on either being a lawyer or like a criminal psychologist or possibly even a cop and that that eventually got derailed that was something uh that once I graduated college like most of us realized wasn't wasn't really for me it's a cool hobby and you know it's it's something that that fascinates me and interests me and I watch a lot of crime shows when I'm not watching sports or read a lot of crime books I'm currently reading a book about Ted Bundy that I've actually already read once, but so that's, that's, it's more of a passion and a hobby, but I always thought once I kind of got into it, you know, to do this day in and day out for a career would be very depressing. Uh, and so anyway, kind of, kind of going back though. So in college, too shy, no interest in talking to these guys one-on-one because fan of the team. Well, there was one guy that decided he actually did want to talk to me, and it was the most shocking, odd, weird thing for me, 
being this shy person, being this person that kept to themselves and didn't really interact with anyone. But one day after class, this, this particular guy, and this was shortly, shortly after the sugar bowl. So these guys had this, again, second amazing historical win. And at this time, it's not totally lost on me. You know, what just happened and, and the, the, to quote Donald Trump, the huge, hugeness of it all. Ha ha. Uh, but <laughs> he, so this, this guy, uh, after class is standing around with a bunch of other guys. I think like Terrence Kane was standing there and, uh, gosh, I like, I really don't remember who else was standing outside. Uh, but I, I was so in the zone to walk to my next class that I did not hear this guy try to say hi to me. Uh, and, and I missed it until I started hearing, you know, this jeering of, oh, oh, she totally like denied you, not interested, doesn't want to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And so I turn around to see what's going on. And this guy peeks from around the corner and tells me to have a nice day. And at this point, I'm too embarrassed to go back and talk to him, apologize to him. Uh, So I just, I kept walking to my class. (laughs) And afterwards, I felt so bad. Like, I stood outside for a minute. I was like, oh my gosh, that was so rude and stuck up of me or and and not that that was the message I was trying to send but I was like from his perspective oh my gosh so rude so so inconsiderate like I need to go back and try and find him and apologize but by the time I went back he had already moved on to his class so I wasn't going to see him until we had our next class which was in like a week so next class we have this guy (laughs) I I was already sitting down and this guy sits down next to me and goes, you're not getting away this time. Like, like let's talk sort of thing. Like, and it, it was the funniest thing ever. But from there, you know, I I've struck up. It's, it's been 10 years now, like that I, I have known this guy and this particular guy happened to be none other than Robert Johnson, Robert Rojo Johnson. And, uh, it just, it was kind of the coolest thing. Cause it wasn't like, a like he wasn't trying to be Rico Suave, like hit on, hit on me type of thing. Like it was really a genuine interest. And as we kind of got talking and got, got to know each other a little bit better, like I started realizing that he had been doing what I typically do with people, which is sitting back and observing behavior. And, and one day he, he did, he brought up, you know, I have watched you walk in and out of this classroom and you duck your head and you know, you're trying to not be noticed, but he's like, you know what? It didn't work. I noticed you. And I, I was just super curious about, you know, what your deal is and stuff. Cause you have this vibe and this aura that you could be doing so much more with yourself than, than what you're currently doing, but you just have to put yourself out there. 
And that was such a stunning observation from him uh, and and really kind of life-changing. And it didn't really, honestly, it was probably about four years after I met him that like I really stopped and thought about it and and started making some active changes. And one of those things was when, um, you know, my career, my career path out of college, I was working at a law firm and like difficult situation, right? Like I pretty much was heading a whole department because my boss was an absent boss, never around, not very involved, uh, slow to answer emails, always taking care of his personal issues over work issues. And so it just, it kind of fell on my lap to run this department. And, and all the clients that we had literally thought I was the one in charge. Like they thought I, I was the one running the show at this department. And so at one point, this guy asked me to uh, look look into old files and and kind of come up with a procedure manual and and make sure that things weren't falling under the crack. And as I started digging in and looking, uh, I was noticing that a lot of stuff had never been finished or dealt with or had any kind of conclusion to it and I would constantly be bombarding this guy what is this what do we need to do with it where does it need to go and it finally got to the point where uh, he let me go he let me go because I I don't think he wanted to deal with the fact that so much stuff had fallen under under the cracks under his watch and it was getting to the point where you know I was probably going to have to start bringing it up to the owner of the company because he was not actively doing anything about about these things and some of them you know it's 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 a law office it's time sensitive there's legalities that you have to follow and that that wasn't happening so I, I got let go for being too good at my job and uh, very mad and very upset because uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't right and it wasn't fair, but it ended up putting me on the path that I, I've been on ever, ever since that point, which is working in sports, being a sports reporter, telling sports stories. But I really don't think I ever would have gone that idea or that thought or that passion for telling stories if I hadn't met Robert, if he hadn't told me that I was kind of slacking off in my life and and to to set higher, loftier goals and do things that scare me. Uh, but But also not hearing his story. And that's the thing is... Yes, he asked a lot of questions about myself, but at, at some point, you know, it, it started flowing into his life story and the things that he's been through. And where I grew up, I there's not a shot in hell I ever would have met someone like him. Uh, you know, 
where I grew up, very affluent neighborhood here in Salt Lake City. Uh, and oftentimes it was more of a pissing match as to whose daddy had, had more to offer, you know, the school or, or, you know, whatever, who it, it, it just, it was, it was ridiculous and very lame. And I was super bored with it. I didn't like high school very much because I just felt like everybody for the most part was kind of the same. Uh, and then college comes and I meet, meet this guy from South, South Central LA that, you know, grew up around gangbangers and his father was murdered and, and he's already tatted up and down, you know, one arm and down the other sort of thing. Like there, there aren't any, any people that really look like that in holiday Utah. And, and so it just, it was the coolest thing. It was so refreshing and, and it was so inspiring too, because if you've never met Robert or really anybody that comes through Utah football and it doesn't matter what their circumstances, you know, whether they grew up in a similar situation as Rojo or whether they grew up in a similar situation as me, they are very, they, the coaching staff does such a good job of finding very kind, genuine, thoughtful people that, I mean, really at the end of the day, they have the ability to change lives and make make the world a better place and it can be on a very singular individual level like Rojo did with me or it can be on a much larger scale say with like what Steve Tate does with Hayes Tough or uh, you know all the various stuff that Kenneth Scott's been invo- involved with or um, you know Paul Kruger's had his his things that he's been doing like all these guys end up finding their thing and their niche and and making positive impacts like it's very very rare that you hear of a Utah football player under Kyle Whittingham you know not not living up to the to their potential and the expectations that have been set forth by you know the countless others before them and and if, if there does happen to be a rogue one, they don't last very long in the program. And it's either because they decide to leave because they just clash heads with everybody or sometimes they get kicked off because they, they do something that just does not jive with that, with that coaching staff and with the rest of the team. So anyway, again, to wrap this segment up, that's that's kind of the story of how I got involved in sports reporting. That's the story of how I really got cemented and, and loving Utah football and loving what head coach Kyle Whittingham does and, and how, you know, I've turned that into telling stories like Rojo's and, and just trying to help make people a little more aware, uh, you know, whether it's something that's going on in their own neighborhood whether it's something going on in someone else's neighborhood, whether, you know, it's just a message to be a little bit kinder and, and understanding of people's circumstances and appreciative of, of our differences as well. Uh, it's, 
It's the most rewarding thing I have ever done in my life. And hopefully someday we'll, I, I'll have a platform that's much bigger and I, I can do this on a much larger scale because I think it's important. And anyway, yeah, so, so that's, that's my story. That's, that's how I came to be here. Uh, kind of, kind of long and I hope I didn't bore you guys too much with it, but, but yeah, I, I literally went from not having any ambitions, thoughts outside of ever being anything more than a fan to being someone that's, that's been heavily involved in and having the ability to tell stories and meet some of the most amazing people you will ever cross paths with in your life and it's it's been the biggest blessing in my life now that i've talked to her off about about myself and and my circumstances and how i came to be here i think it's time to take another break and i will get into a thought that that's kind of been on my mind and it kind of ties into this this segment a little bit so we'll get into that in the next segment this is war party you and michelle bodkins signing off for a quick commercial break Hi everybody, this is Matty Aces, War Party U Weekly Podcast. This is something I wrote years ago, uh, titled For My Dad on Father's Day on the Heels of Utah Getting a Pac-10 Invitation and Taking It. Go Utes. I owe my loyalty to the Utes to my dad. Over the years we have become two very different-minded people, but through it all, we have always been able to share our passion for all things Utes. My pop was, an, was a football official for nearly 30 years. I remember him getting up early on Saturdays to rough games for the love of the sport and a meager check. He worked his ass off and came up through the ranks, working numerous state finals at the old Rice Stadium. Then he got on with the Big West and eventually the WAC. From the Smurf Turf to Texas Stadium to the Naval Academy, he worked in many legendary stadiums. I remember how he would agonize over a call he missed, a wrong angle he had taken to get the best possible vantage point, or a rules interpretation that he would read, analyze, and hone. Watching my dad ref was like watching an artist in action. He was set to work one more season, his 30th, likely ending with a spot on the Sun Bowl crew, when he blew out his knee. Done. There was a silver lining, however. He was able to get a gig working the play clock at Rice-Eccles Stadium and, not, and eventually took over game clock duties. His years of refereeing now allow him to analyze and scrutinize every tick of the clock for Ute home games. In 2008, when the stadium was buzzing with one second left versus Oregon State, my dad, one of the biggest Ute fans I have ever known, had stopped it there and had to focus not on King Louie, not on the stadium, not on the electric atmosphere, but on exactly when to let the zeros emerge as the stadium erupted. Clutch, my old man. I am a Utah man, sir, and I owe it to my dad.
We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll for one more segment of War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin hanging out with Matt and Ryan, and we are talking and breaking down all things Utah football on this lovely and well-deserved bye week for for the homeboys, for the Utes. Uh, they came off a big win on the road in Seattle against the Washington Huskies and subsequently have had had some pretty awesome things happen for them. The first college football ranking came out and the Utes as well as the Oregon Ducks will give them we'll give we'll give the Ducks some props because you know what they they really did Utah solid this past weekend and uh, they're they're both in great position to potentially make a playoff run, run depending on how things go the rest of the stretch. There's three more games for both of them, and and how things go in the conference championship game, uh, assuming that both Utah and Oregon are are eleven and one to finish the season and and are going head to head with each other. Uh, you know, the the winner of that game very well could end up going to the college football playoff and the runner up, oh shit. Damn, that sucks. They they get relegated to the Rose Bowl is most likely what would happen. Uh which is fantastic for both schools. It's fantastic for the Pac twelve. Uh it's it's nice, you know, to see to see the Pac twelve maybe getting some love. So all eyes will be on, you know, a couple of different matchups throughout the weekend. Uh, LSU and Alabama is a big one. Penn State and Minnesota is another one that, that could potentially jockey some things, help people, help people, help Oregon, help Utah move up. And, and you know, kind of keep charging towards this really, really lofty, cool goal. And and next week I I will get more into the UW win uh, and breaking down UCLA. This week this week is kind of more loosey goosey, kind kind of fun topics. This next topic isn't necessarily fun. I don't like that I even feel like I need to talk about this or bring this up. To be perfectly frank, uh, but. So Utah, Utah has this magnificent win, and their star quarterback, Tyler Huntley, did absolutely amazing things to help lift and pull this team to victory, will them to victory. And it wasn't just him. It was definitely a team effort, but he played a big role in it. Uh, especially considering, you know, he's still not 100%. He was much better than he was against Cal. Uh, the mobility does seem to be coming back, but it's still not quite where it was. And so he's a little limited. And I don't think that knee, leg, ankle, you know, whatever, whatever it is, is still feeling particularly great. But you wouldn't know it by the way that he played this game. Gives an interview for Fox Sports uh, because that's that's who covered the game and put it on television. And some unfortunate soul thought that it would be a great idea to tweet out that Tyler Huntley is a terrible ambassador for the University of Utah as far as their education is concerned 
because Tyler talks with a bit of an accent uh, that's, that's very, very specific to where he grew up in South Florida. And, and really kind of hinted at his intelligence level. And that really, frankly, pisses me the hell off. And I know it pissed a lot of other people off as well, including his mother, who told the guy off uh, and, and reminded him, you know, interviews are not really Tyler's thing. Uh, and, and to be perfectly frank and fair, you know what? Like, interviews are not really a lot of guys' things. Uh, it's hard and it's uncomfortable and, you know, it, it's hard not to get nervous when there's a camera on you and it's being flashed out live to a lot of people that you, you can't even see. It, it's a weird, weird, weird feeling. It's very weird. I get nervous when I get put on camera, when I get put on the spot like that. And I'm trying to do this for a living, you know? And so, so that, that's one thing. It's not, it's not Tyler's thing. And, and it's been very on record. This is not Tyler's thing, but he does it because he knows it comes with the leadership role. And that is admirable. That is very admirable that he, he's okay you know, to try, to try and give his best effort, uh, and and do these interviews because they, they can be very uncomfortable at times. On top of that, she also brought up that he, he's had good grades in school ever, ever since he was a young kid. Uh, he's always been a good student. They've always preached to him the importance of education and, and, and he's fulfilled that and, and he's done, done very well at the university of Utah as well. He's made the honor roll as his teammate, Bryn Covey stepped in and said he graduated in three and a half years, which if anybody knows, like, and granted it, it helps that he, you know, has athletics to kind of help push him along and keep him on schedule. Cause you know, there's only so long that he can be there and have that scholarship. So he's got to get it done in a certain amount of time. But still, it it can be tricky and it can be hard. And I mean, you can call it a four-year de- four degree all you want to, but there are so many people that it's six plus years before they get that degree done. So to get it done in three and a half years is amazing and fantastic and so awesome for him. And on top of that, to to do it while doing a sport and maintaining, you know, good enough grades to make the Dean's Honor Roll, like, kudos, kudos. And, and the fact of the matter is, this individual, I, like, I, I just, I can't even fathom why, why you would ever hint at someone's intelligence level when you haven't spent a single second with this person. And and the fact of the matter is, like, yeah, Tyler's not the greatest interview. Again, that that's pretty well on record. He's not comfortable with it. Not his thing, you know. And and no, he's not the most polished, prim and proper talker. And I I think 
we need to get away from the idea that that somehow indicates how smart or how qualified someone is to do a certain job. And playing football, being the quarterback is, is no different. And I think we still have this preconceived idea because it was this way for so, so long. And now, I mean, really now we're starting to see some, some very wholesale changes being made to that position group. You didn't see black quarterbacks, you know, even, even like 30 years ago, you really did not see black quarterbacks. There was like Warren Moon who played at Washington and that was about it. And now, now you're starting to see more. But the fact of the matter is most of these guys, they're coming from inner city neighborhoods and they're coming from places where, yeah, there, there is going to be an accent. There is going to be a dialect. It doesn't mean that they're stupid. Okay. Does not mean that they are not intelligent. And to be perfectly frank, Again, we, we've covered very well. Ty, Tyler's not an interviewer. It's not what he does. It's not the part of the job that interests him the most. The part that interests him the most is, is the playing and the leading the team. And if you have any questions or doubts about his capabilities to do that at this point, like it's a you problem. It's not a him problem. It's not a him problem at all. Uh, But I also want to point out, if you actually sit and talk to this kid about things that he's interested in and things that interest him, he's very intelligent. He's very intelligent and and it comes across. You can tell he thinks about things and, and he's passionate about things and, you know, he has, he has some interesting interests that I didn't know he had and I I think it's the coolest thing in the world and I can't wait for you guys to read his senior feature because I he didn't strike me as someone that would be interested in this particular thing but he is and and he's been doing it on his own time because because he likes doing it because he found a passion and a love for it and I think I think it's so cool but I'm not gonna that's about all I'm gonna spoil on that but the point is how someone talks is in no way no way connected to how intelligent they are it's in no way connected to how capable they are as a leader it's no, in no way connected to how good of a person they are, how good of a football player they are. And, you know, frankly, my dude, where, wherever you are in the, in the interwebs, you know, I hope you kind of crawled back in the hole that you came from. But, you know, how, how sad for you that, that you had to go after a guy for no good reason, no good reason other than you're miserable and you're, I think you doubt your own skill level in life and felt like you maybe you needed to knock someone down a notch or two. And, 
and and how sad for you that you think that you even have any kind of level of importance in this person's life to do something like that. Like really, really shame on you, shame on you. And the fact that you got the attention of Bryn Covey, who is probably one of the most impossibly nice people on the planet, and he absolutely eviscerated you on Twitter in the nicest way possible, but he, oh, he, he roasted your buns and you deserved it. You deserved every ounce of that. The fact that you got Aaron Roderick's attention and he felt the need to point out to you how smart Tyler Huntley is and, and countless other people like, dude, do better. And that goes for everybody. Do better. You meet someone that's a little bit different than you, get to know them. Get to know them. Don't assume because they talk a certain way, because they carry themselves a certain way, because they came from a certain area, because they look a certain way, they dress a certain way, that they are a certain way. And and you know what? This may be me talking on some frustrations that I have because I, I know people doubt my skill level and I know people think that I, I have to probably just date players and coaches. That's the only logical way I could possibly know anything about anything about football. You know, it, it's a little frustrating. It's a little frustrating. And so, yes, I will, I will go to bat for any of those guys as far as making stupid, arrogant, ignorant, misinformed comments on Twitter, especially like you coward. You, I dare you to say that to his face. I dare you. I dare you. Don't do it. But, and, and the fact of the matter is I dare you because I know you wouldn't do it. You would never, ever say that to someone's face. You would never, ever say that in front of someone's mother. Be better. Be better. That, that is my message. That is my that is my hope. That, that is what I want, is I want people to be better, and I want people to take an opportunity. Because let's face it, Utah is very white. Utah, everybody kind of comes up in a very, very similar matter. I am telling you, this Utah football team and, and the, other, the other schools that have teams, the Utah Jazz, RSL, these are all great opportunities to get to know people that are different than you and and form bigger better more more well-informed ideas and opinions about the people around you and the people in this world i encourage i encourage everybody to do that it needs to happen we need to be better we need to change our ideas about some of these things because there there just is no room in this world for ignorance and ignorance is not bliss. It causes problems and problems that are very fixable and problems that are very easy to fix if we can figure out how to talk to each other and how to relate to each other. And like I said, get, get to know some of the people that come in to play some of these sports. It's a great, great way to get to know someone that's different than you. I've done it many times. I now have friends that 
never in a million years when I was in high school did I ever think I would have. And honestly, like I replaced a lot of my high school friends with these people because they're more interesting because they they do add some variety and some spice and they're people that open my eyes to bigger and better and different possibilities and and thought processes and and just being more sensitive and aware that my situation is not the only situation going on in this world. There, there are people that have to manage incredibly difficult things from an incredibly young age and, and they should be celebrated and they should be applauded and they applauded and they should be heard and they should be respected. And Tyler Huntley sure as shit is one of those guys. So I'm going to hop off my soapbox for this week and wrap wrap this up again be better be kind make an effort to get to know people different than you you have been listening to war party you and this is michelle bodkin signing off for the bye week Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of War Party U. That does it for this week. As always, this is Matty Aces with Ryan Boyce and Michelle Bodkin. Coming up next week, we will look back on bye week fondly and wish it farewell. Remaining undefeated against bye, of course. We'll look ahead to UCLA and the stretch run for the Utes coming down to these final three games. We're gonna have to see if the if the, if the rankings mix up at all. Utes and Oregon both on bye weeks, so we'll, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, next week we'll be uh, sitting down for a little roundtable discussion. Dallin Albertson from Utah Sports Collective, Albert Gamboa, the mighty DJ Fireball, Kara McManaman, Michelle Bodkin, myself. More guests to be announced, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but we're just gonna sit down and let the tape run and talk Utes football and fandom and see where it takes us. Um, we'll also be looking ahead to the tailgates for the next couple of the final two home games, two more. That's all we've got. Enjoy every moment, savor it, take advantage of these opportunities because the season's done and all we have to do is wait for next year to get back at it. So take advantage of every chance you get to get together with good friends, have some food, some drink and cheer on the Utes. Looking forward to a little whole hog at the pig bus seeing what the rest of the season has in store. So, as always, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and go Utes.